0: NFL Draft, a week from today, I want a wide receiver. Not necessarily a week from today, but how about a week and a day from today, like somewhere right near the beginning. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Penguins and Pirates that I hope You'll check out. I can. No, I'm not going to get into which receiver they should take or why they should take that receiver. I'm already on record on this show as saying that I love Jahan Dotson at Penn State. I think he'd be a perfect fit for what this team needs, for what this depth chart needs. But the truth is, he's there in, I don't want to call it a model because that sounds negative, but he's there in a group of five or six wide receivers, any of whom could go in any order. And with how well the Steelers have done in picking at that position, I'd rather leave that part to Kevin Colbert, Mike Tomlin, and the whole staff. Now, what interests me at this stage of anticipation heading into this draft, is positional need. Now, I feel like this part requires a preface. I'm very much in favor of taking the best player available in almost any situation, except when you have a franchise quarterback, and then it's kind of silly to go drafting quarterbacks in early rounds. As one Ben Roethlisberger made pretty clear, a few years ago when Mason Rudolph was selected, and he thought it should have been an inside linebacker, and by the way, he was right. The football landscape is littered with lousy teams who stay lousy in large part because they just look at their depth chart and say, oh, we really need one of those, and then they let a better player at another position slip away. Now, that said, I'm human. And the moment a pick is announced, I guarantee you I have the same reaction as 99.999% of all observers, and that is to judge it based on the position. Admit it, seriously, okay? It's, it's all right. Not everyone has poured their heart and soul into studying every single prospect in every single class and is ready to say, oh, yeah, but he needs a little bit more work on how he moves in space, like, like these are uh, astronauts or something. For those who do dig that deep into it, and I am, by the way, preparing a really hard Crash course on a number of things between now and a week from now, most of the rest of the planet goes by position. So, if, for example, last year the running back the Steelers chose would have been Travis Etienne out of Clemson instead of Najee Harris, at the risk of really taking some people off who are listening to this. The reaction probably would have been about the same. Maybe a little bit of disappointment because Najee had been built up here. And there was an expectation that Najee would be the guy. But for the most part, it would have been, yes, they got a running back. They got their guy. They filled their need. Well, in that spirit, I am here to advocate with full throat, full gusto, that this team needs to take a wide receiver within the top two picks. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. I don't believe it's going to be a first-rounder, and I don't believe that because I really am starting to believe that it'll be a quarterback. I also happen to believe that on an annual basis anymore, wide receiver tends to be crazy deep. In any class. That doesn't mean that everyone's a Jamar Chase, but it does mean that Deontay Johnson was a second rounder. Out of the MAC. They're everywhere. Mamas are raising their children to be wide receivers. And so if I'm looking for impact, and I'm not talking about 2022 impact, 2023 impact, I just mean impact, high ceiling, lots of potential, maybe can be more. Than what he was able to show in college? I'm looking at wide receiver. Now, the fact that it dovetails with the Steelers' need, obviously, is a nice thing, but it really does. Look at that depth chart at the moment and ask yourself for as much as you like Deontay and you like the numbers that he put up, is he a true number one? Statistically, yes. In terms of his performance slipping off as the season goes. Yeah, you know, you want your really, really good players, your number one players on any depth chart to be the kind who gets stronger as you get closer to playoffs. Deontay's gone the other direction now, a couple of years in a row. Chase Claypool, all kinds of question marks there. But these are the only two starting caliber wide receivers on the entire roster. That's not being mean. It's just to say that picking up Miles Boykin off waivers from the Ravens when he had thirty-three total catches over three years, you know, that's a that's a depth guy. Anthony Miller, for as much promise as he's shown in training camp and in practice squad situations and everything else, depth guy. Gunnar Olszewski. He, he might be uh, the Ray Ray in the mix, and I say that in the positive context because every team needs one of those, especially when it comes to the kicking game. But that's it. I just, I just gave it to you. That's it. And this team can't go into the 2022 20, season limited in this way, and I honestly don't see the value in going and getting a free agent because, A, they're grossly overpriced for the most part, and B, they're right there for you in the draft. And they they can walk right onto the field. They're plug and play. So circle it, identify it, hope that there will be one available in the second round. You're not going to get Jamison Williams. You're not going to get either of the two Ohio State kids. And the truth is, you're probably not going to get Jahan Dotson in the second round. However, however, there are a lot of these players if all else is equal take the wide receiver top two rounds absolutely top two rounds when we come back just one question Welcome back. Time for J1Q. That's always brought to you by our friends at Mike's Beer Bar, Pittsburgh's preeminent spot for craft brews. They have more than 500 craft brews in total. 350 of those local, 80 of those on tap. Not going to be topped in this category. Mike's Beer Bar is right across Federal Street from PNC Park on the North Shore. Check out Mike's Beer Bar. Our J1Q comes from Bill, who asks, so let me play this out. You hire a guy who's never been a QB coach to coach slash mentor a guy who some of the most well-respected evaluators are saying is a better runner than passer, and have them work for a coordinator who has never had success in the NFL and is on a short leash. What could go wrong? I will root for Malik Willis if they draft him. But man, give me Desmond Ritter. Well, Bill, I'm not sure what Ritter would change about this scenario that you're deriding. Although I'm with you on how unconventional it already appears. Um, Ambitious might be another word if you're a, a more positive person. But when I've looked at David Corley's resume, I had a lot of the same reaction that you did. Corley has never been a quarterback's coach, and now he is an assistant quarterback's coach at the very top level of the sport. Corley, for anybody who doesn't know, was hired a couple of days ago to be Mike Sullivan's assistant. He's 42 years old. He's from William & Mary, which, not coincidentally, I'm sure is where Mike Tomlin is from. Corley did play quarterback, and he was a very good quarterback for that college at that level. But his work has been in coaching up running backs and other facets of the offense. Now, you can say, so what? I mean, he's been a quarterback. He knows how to instruct quarterbacks. That's just not how it works in professional sports. It's very unusual to get a promotion like this to a position at which you have never specialized. But yeah, there are a whole lot of unattractive variables in this, to say the least. And you can be very sure that this is one of the things that will come up when Tomlin and Kevin Colbert meet with us Monday at Heinz Field, their annual pre-draft press conference, which, by the way, tends to be one of the more telling sessions that the two of them have all year. Not telling about the draft necessarily, uh, they're not going to stand there and say, hey, we're taking so-and-so. But there are a lot of questions answered that linger over a long period in the off season during which they're not available much, that you finally have a chance to ask. Let's just say, for example, the constitution of the offensive line. Who are your options at center? Is it going to be James Daniels and Mason Cole? Is Kendrick Green still in the mix? That kind of thing. And there's no way they're going to get through that press conference without uh, being asked to explain what they have in mind with a dual quarterbacks coach setting and things like that. But yeah, look, Bill, I'm I'm not about to dump all over your theory here. If it works, if they draft, whether it's Willis or Ritter, and they bring that, young quarterback into the fold in the form of, I don't know, an apprenticeship, it'll be an unusual approach to developing a potential franchise quarterback. But hey, too, consider this. If it works, they'll be getting praised into infinity for everything that they've put into this, including, incidentally, bringing in Mitch Trubisky to make sure that they're not flying blind at the most important position on the field. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel.